Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce, and today I'm joined by Kirsty Rorty and Andy Bars to look at all the latest goings on at Parkhead. On the pod today, we take a look at the upcoming Champions League qualifying draw and who Celtic could face. Stuart Armstrong's future remains up in the air, and we discuss what's next for the midfielder. But meanwhile, Odson Edwards' arrival now seems imminent in Glasgow, and we discuss the ins and outs of a potential record breaking transfer. And finally, as the pre-season friendlies and qualifiers start to mount up, we have a wee look at Celtic's pre-season plans. Uh, so we'll just kick off with, we've got the Champions League qualifying draw uh, imminent next week. And the first round tends not to present too many problems, but we've had a wee look at the, the teams involved in that first round. Is there any, should we think any problem at all for Celtic in that first round, Andy? No, I think if Celtic put an 11 from... Any players in the first team squad, they should be able to cope with what comes at them in the first round. Um, I know it's a, you need to find the right blend of experience, youth and talent and all that, but um, players should be able to cope with the likes of uh, the Red Imps, etc. And I know there's been a few embarrassments in the past, but the main thing is just get through it. And I think that whatever 11 Celtic put on the park from their first team should be able to cope with that pretty much at a canter, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you look at some of the the teams here. You've got your likes of FK Sudova, Cork City, uh, and you'd think, well, there's really absolutely no chance that these these teams should present a problem to, for Celtic. But I mean, think as fans, does the people still look at these games with a degree of apprehension? And just obviously, you had that that one off Lincoln Redemps result the other year. Do the, do the fans still look at it with a degree of you know apprehension as much as we can sit here and say oh, it should it should be fine there'll be no problems yeah. you think I think so I do anyway because of um, because of Lincoln um, two seasons ago um, all right um, or just with like Justin but um, yeah I worry about that because you can get caught cold and um, yeah, it's a difficult one, but we are a different team now and we're very strong, as Andy says, and you would expect us to get through and get through it easily, but it comes at you so fast that you're always worried about it being hurt so early and, yeah, and getting caught cold. I don't think Celtic can just turn up and play with their eyes shut and get through it. They obviously need to stay focused and play well because if they lose their concentration, I mean, you've seen it to happen quite a lot in the, in the past with underdogs you know they can snatch a goal and suddenly it's hard to break them down but if Celtic play their game nobody in the first round of qualifying should be able to match them nobody yeah. and is there a, an element of again it shouldn't really really matter at this stage of the competition and everybody seems to have a different opinion on this but see if you are playing one of these teams that's in a 
maybe a far-flung corner of Europe. Do you want to go out there first and get that, or would you rather take at this stage? Would you rather get them at home, maybe rack up a few goals and then take the pressure off because you can, you know, it can be can be awkward no matter who the opposition are. It can be awkward going to these uh, sort of awkward trips at that stage of the season. Do we think what would you rather home or away leg first? Mm, it does work both ways. You're right because I mean, if you're going away first, you're getting the, the trip out of the way. Um, get the tiredness and the fatigue out of the way and it, no matter how long the playing journey is like I'm saying Celtic should be able to turn these teams over but it's maybe quite nice maybe to go to the away trip in a more relaxed mood with potentially three, four or five goals behind you if Celtic turn up at Parkhead and then it's not as much of a, a pressurised situation um, last year, sorry two years ago and I don't think there was any doubt in my mind Custody Celtic were going to turn over the Redhams when they came back to, to Parkhead but when you're coming up against teams like Astana and things like that it is a, a different ball game and I think it would be better to to come back to Parkhead having got a decent result away from home Yeah, yeah. Like in terms of a gruelling trip, yeah I think it's better to get that out of the way first and then and come back that way if, if you do if there is a shock result then you can just turn it around yeah. at home um, and with your crowds and on, on the back of you and then you've got that extra period of time to get yourself mentally ready for it uh-huh. yeah I think I suppose you know nil nil draw at Parkhead and then having to go out to somewhere like I don't know Bosnia Moldova it's not what you want at that, at that stage of the summer really is it um, but I mean what at what stage uh, then do we think that this that Obviously, the the first and second round draws are made before uh, the first the first round of qualifiers are played. So mm-hmm. Celtic will have an idea of you know if we get through uh, this initial tie, who are they going to face afterwards? Um, and we've had a wee look at the 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 teams who come into it at this at this second round stage, and, and even then we, we've talked at length about how you know it's going to be tricky, much harder this year for Celtic. Uh, but it's it's when you get a look at the the some of the teams coming into this second round draw, and um, that you start to get you know a real sense of that. Is there any 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 sides that we've looked at there that you'd think could present a a problem for Celtic in that second round? Yeah, well, there's assuming that they get there, obviously. Yeah, well, there's teams here that are instantly recognisable from the group stages of the Champions Leagues. Uh, the Champions League, sorry, Kluge for one. Uh, Rosenborg have been there, done it, got the t-shirt and then in the third round you've got Malmo who have obviously posed Celtic problems in the past these are teams that have got similar ambition and quality as Celtic I would imagine um, and like you're saying, going away from home to these places is is hard enough so I think if Celtic are going to well if Celtic are going to hope to get past these teams they really need to be on the ball uh, Rosenborg last year was a tough one wasn't it, it took a screamer from Forrest to, to get through that so I think if it's a totally different ball game to the to the first round, like I'm saying Celtic should be able to walk through that really if they turn up. But second, third, and onwards, it's it's going to be all hands to the pump because they're going to have to perform to make sure they get to get through these. What do you think, Kirsten? Yeah, there are teams though that we're now familiar with, and mm-hmm. um, the same names, you know, they pop up um, time and again. So I feel as though we should be able to we should be able to cope, but just by virtue of having these four qualifiers, that's what's really tricky about it, you know. Um, although you're feeling that we can get through, it's just how early they come and having the four qualifiers, I think that's the most tricky aspect of this. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, you, you look at some of these, you've got the likes of Red Star, Belgrade, 
Uh, you get FC Mitchelland who have, who have proven. I mean, the teams who have not been particularly successful, but have been proven they can get results against big teams. Mitchelland had a big result away, uh, sorry, at home against the likes of Man, Man United a few years ago. But I, I mean, I suppose is this? Do you want this? Do you want these early tests? Because it's it's confidence building then, isn't it? It's uh, it's it's bringing back back that kind of sense of for Celtic that they can they can compete in Europe. They can go away to places and get results, especially after what happened in the group stages last year. Do you, if you're looking at it from a fan's perspective, do you want these tests early on, or do you just want as smooth a possible route to the group stage, no questions asked? What do we think? Yeah, I would. I would rather have as smooth a route <laughs> as possible, and then I would like. I'm now at the stage where I want as smooth a route as possible, and um, I kind of scoosh easy as you can get at group stage. I just want Celtic to progress as far as they can, get as much money as they can out of it, because I think that's what's confidence building mm-hmm. now. Um, as we spoke previously about group stages and being on the end of drop-ins, that that is not, and I think shock results, all the rest of it is not. Uh-huh. I want as smooth a route as possible and as much money out of it as we can get. So uh-huh. Celtic have shown in the qualifying rounds, though, they can score lots of goals. You've seen it with Malmo a couple of years ago, scored three Parkhead, the away leg didn't go Celtic's way. Beersheba, five at home, Astana, Astana absolutely yep. ran over the top of them. And then it's the away leg having to cope with that is what's proved the, the, most, the most tricky part. So if Celtic do perform at, at Parkhead, as we know they can, then it's a, it's a much more, it's a much easier and attractive prospect, I would say. Uh, you see, I mean, we talk, we're talking about this, you know, it's going to be tricky. I think everybody accepts that and realises that but I mean at the same time is there, Celtic shouldn't be afraid of any of these teams Kirsty should they? No no, they shouldn't present any fear for them and we should enjoy it because the groups get difficult so we should be really enjoying it at home it's going to be a good time for the fans yeah and um, yeah you build um, confidence before the rest of the season um, but yeah as I say there's just too many qualifiers Too many in yeah, your opinion now? Oh well that's a that's a kind of it seems to be a sort of byproduct of the way the, the Champions League is being run these these days and yeah. all kind of geared towards uh, the biggest the biggest sides. Um, but just moving on quickly, uh, again not had a lot in terms of transfers uh, with Celtic. Uh, again this week all the activity seems to again be over at the other side the other side of the city. But we had uh, the story uh, a daily records. Earlier on this week, uh, Stuart Armstrong looks to be being allowed to leave Celtic if he if he so chooses if he if he can't uh, commit himself to the club. Uh, is it is it? I think this is a good time for for Armstrong to move on. Kirsty, I mean, obviously had that great season. Um, Celtic won the invincible treble, but it was a bit stop start for him last year. Injuries obviously had a lot to do with that. But what do you think? Is this a is this would this be a good time for Armstrong to move on? Is it a good time for the the club and the player to part ways, or do you think he should still he should be looking to maybe rebuild his not his reputation as such, but you know get back to his best form before he thinks about going elsewhere? For me, I wouldn't mind seeing him go at all, um, and to be kind of brutal, I think he is disposable at this point. Um, I wouldn't mind him leaving for. Um, five, six million that would be fine by me um, we've got Rogic, we've got McGregor, we've got um, I'm more than happy to see Stuart go, he had a really really great season 
kind of underwhelming last season. Um, there's been chat for two seasons about him going since, and he's been a bit disgruntled. So if that's the case, and he wants to move on, he wants to try down south, then I think this is the right time for him to do so. And I think he has fallen down the pecking order. So, yeah, it seems like it's the right time and right move, I think, for both of us. Andy, you've said before, though, that you think Armstrong offers something in that Celtic midfield that nobody else does. Yeah, I disagree majorly with that, I honestly think Stuart Armstrong, fit and on form, is the best, maybe apart from Scott Brown, the best centre mid in Scotland. I think his drive... His goal-scoring attributes, the way that he gets around the park, is just fantastic and vital to the team. Um, I certainly wouldn't want to be replacing him with somebody like John McGinn. We've covered that. I don't think that would be an acceptable replacement. Um, but I, I think uh, makes it confusing here. I think it's maybe uh, the right time for Stuart Armstrong to leave Celtic. I don't think it's the right time for Celtic to let Stuart Armstrong leave. I, 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 I don't understand why it seems to just be such a mutual partner of the ways. I know that Armstrong did have a stop-start season. His injury coincided with Cham's form and he struggled to kind of find his way back in from that. But when when he's playing and on form, I, I really would have him, for, along with Brown, first name in the team sheet at mm-hmm. Celtic. I really rate him that highly. It's one of those ones where you've, you've touched on it there. It's maybe not, you don't believe it's the right time for Celtic to let him go, but is it's a weird one in terms of would you would you be wanting to see Celtic fighting to keep him? Aye, doing a bit. I mean, we'd, obviously we don't know exactly what's went on behind the scenes. There's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's been discussions at length between the two parties. But it, does it seem to you that Celtic are just kind of letting him? Well, Armstrong and his agent must have made it clear that he wants to move on because otherwise, to me, first of you probably disagree. I I don't see any. Well, the way that Celtic fought for Tom Rogic's signature. I would, I would expect Celtic to do the same for Armstrong. To be honest, um, and if if he's got his heart set on leaving, he wants to test himself at a higher level, earn more money. Who can blame him? That's at the end of the day what it comes down to. His agents probably had a word in his ear as well. But he's he's so he's such a good good player, and I I, th- I think that Celtic will only lose out from from selling. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Sorry, Andy. I was going to say even for a, a fee of. Five six million. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want that. Yeah, Kirsty. There's also the argument, though, that if uh, a player who doesn't want to be there anymore, then cash in. Would that be your? Would yeah, that be your view? That's been my feeling for two seasons, not just one, and not just in this close season. There's been a lot of noise, a lot of chatter that has to come from from him and his agents, and I feel as though he's wanting that move and he's wanting to test himself down south and if that's the case then I think he should go and he should do that Um, and he obviously has belief in himself that he could make an impact down there so right time for him to maybe test himself at that level. I think he will make an impact wherever he goes but do you not maybe the fact that he wants to leave is do you not think that maybe Celtic should be showing more impetus to try and keep him do you think he maybe feels like he wants to go because he doesn't feel valued enough maybe? I mean there's there's players that have had new contracts and good pay rises and he only signed a one year deal I think if they were to offer him good pay rise and financial security for the next two or three years mm-hmm. rather than just a one year extension then I don't see why why that would be a problem on Celtic's behalf yeah well you're right enough Rogic five year five year contract unless he, he has you know, Rogic doesn't feel like he wants to keep him and isn't fancied Aye, we'll look at the manager's decision, isn't it? Yeah. But I, I really 
don't see how Celtic can benefit from selling Armstrong for a fee of around five or six million. Uh huh. I mean, not to to be me sitting on the fence here, not wanting to disagree with the Perry, <laughs> but uh, I, I I agree that there's not there's there's players like Armstrong are quite hard to replace. I think mid, a midfielder who who's sort of, sort of big one of his biggest strengths is. He's sort of running power with with the ball on on well, off the ball as well. But right. that guy who can, as you, you hear the, the phrase these days, is break the lines. Absolutely, who gets in between midfielders and defenders from deep, from further forward. That he's these guys that they, they don't seem to be very common anymore. Mm. Your likes are your know, Cham, um, Brown. Well, they prefer to sit and they're, spread. They're a bit more common. Passes, don't they? And Roger uh-huh. kind of floats around that area. Armstrong picks it up and drives uh-huh. and I don't think and McGregor uh, he's, he's very very good and I really do rate him highly but he's not a similar player to Armstrong either I said in the podcast last week with Swanee that Armstrong when he was in his prime for a Celtic um, 18 months ago reminded me of Stan Petrov mm-hmm. I honestly thought he was that good uh-huh. and there were some comments from uh, Tom Boyd on uh, Stuart Armstrong the other day uh, and he, he seemed to sort of boil it down to, uh, do you want to stay and win trophies or do you just want to earn a lot of money? Which I thought was a wee bit surprising coming from a, a club ambassador. Sort of, sort of implying that the player is just after money. Do you think, he's, is he oversimplifying it a wee bit there? Yeah, I think he is, absolutely. That is an oversimplifying an argument. Um, no, I mean, Armstrong will believe, and he is quite right to, um, and especially on evidence of this season before last, that he has the qualities and attributes to make an impact down there, and I don't think any player leaves thinking, I'm just going to collect the money. He obviously believes it can go to a club, but make an impact, progress, use whatever club, if it was a Fulham or Southampton as a stepping stone, and, and work his way up. He's not going down there with a lack of ambition to just collect money. No, I disagree. Yeah. I think only people that walk around with green specks on <laughs> agree with Tom Boyd, really. It's to, to say that Armstrong would lack ambition by moving down south is so wide of the mark. If he's playing if he gets a move to the English Premier League or even the top end of the championship, he will be playing at a higher level than the Scottish Premiership. He'll be playing against better players, he'll get more exposure on the telly and he'll be playing probably with players who are better than the ones at Celtic. Um, if, if, if Armstrong can get a move to a team that's going to be challenging for the Europa League in England, maybe somebody like Leicester or Burnley, Newcastle, that kind of thing, how anybody can say it's just for the money is beyond me, to be honest. To, 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 to be going to stadiums like Old Trafford, um, the Etihad, the Emirates and all that, every season to take them on twice a season, those kind of players, instead of just doing six games in the Champions League. I mean, let's face it, the teams at Celtic would be playing in the Champions League are on a par with the top teams in the Premier League, obviously. Uh-huh. So I, I don't see how you can say he wouldn't be challenging himself. And it sounds like I'm just sticking up for Stuart Armstrong no matter what here. But if it was any Celtic player that was moving down south, I would say the same. If Roger had left to do it, I'd, I'd be backing his, his ambition. If McGregor did it, if Dembele does it. The, the, the world, no matter what some people think, doesn't begin and end with Celtic. And Armstrong's not a Celtic fan. He's not Keane Tierney. I mean, I'm sure that when he signed for Celtic, he saw it as a brilliant opportunity where he could further his career, develop. He's done that, and if he now wants to move on, then, it, like I said earlier, it might be the right time for him. I just don't think... I think Celtic should be making more of an effort to keep him. Do you think, it's Kirsty, it's maybe a, a case of 
Armstrong maybe thinks he's a, he's achieved everything that he wants to achieve at the club. Obviously, that's two trebles in a row. He's had the the experience of playing in the Champions League. Do you think it's just a case of he thinks you know I've I've done everything that I, I think I can here? Um, yes and no. Um, I think uh, yeah, he's been part of the um, double treble invincible season um, but there's still more that Celtic are wanting to do and mm-hmm. as Rodgers is always saying it's a very young side um, still he's what still wanting to nurture talent bring them on he's still wanting to make more of an impact in Europe he would have that to do to get to get further in Europe um, and uh, keep making more history with Celtic I think that's got to be attractive and and well, it's right in the sense that, you know, winning and being part of a winning side constantly, that's really, really attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, if you if you kind of, like, fall further down a pecking order and you've got ambitions yourself, I actually think he would be showing ambition to want to try England and try something different from Scottish football. Um, and that seems that that's always been in his plan. So um, he's as well trying down south and, and seeing how that goes for him. I mean, we're a wee bit quick to, to criticise sometimes, you see it sometimes, Scottish players criticise for not going away elsewhere and and trying to test themselves and now, now suddenly you've got a guy who does seem to want to, to progress and go elsewhere and you've got people saying, oh, he's just, he's chasing the money, so where's the, you know, what is it? It's got to be one or the other, you know? Yeah, I think some people view the lower reaches of the English Premier League as is nonsense like there's no point signing for them because all you're going to do is battle relegation and pick up your wage at the end of the month obviously it'd be nice to to challenge for trophies playing for whatever English side but like I'm saying at the end of the day if you move down to England and play for a team like Bournemouth or whoever you are playing at a higher level there's no doubt about it and you're getting better money for what you're doing any day in any job would would move on if they're getting a, their wage tripled or whatever you know so if if anyone thinks Stuart Armstrong is not showing ambition, I agree totally with you, Kirsty. Going down to play in the English Premier League is is really kind of career defining, and and if he's got the opportunity to do that, I think he should he should take it. And he'd be hoping to be in a shop window and start off with maybe a low to midland club, and then impress and move on, mm-hmm. wouldn't he? Wouldn't be just going, oh yeah, I'll just yeah. like rest on my laurels here, and then this is enough battle relegation. You know, he'd yeah. be hoping that he has what it takes, and we should build up Scots to say, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, try it. And you, we're constantly deriding them, and then you're right when they want to make a move you then are negative about that as well. And he's like, no, he is going down there with the belief that he could make an impact and then earn an even bigger move and progress. Oh, look, at, look at Callum Patterson when he left Hearts. There was, there was chat of, oh, what's he doing? He's got Cardiff Championship and yeah. suddenly he's a Premier League fan favourite Premier yeah. League footballer. Yeah. Back in the Scotland side as well. Open your eyes on it. <laughs> <laughs> and just from Celtic's point of view, considering uh, the season that, that Armstrong had there, we obviously mentioned it was a bit stop-start it was didn't really hit the heights that he did the previous year which in, in today's kind of uh, market can have an effect on your your value you I think you said figures in the region of five six million you'd be happy with for Celtic to get do we think do you think that's the kind of the money they would be talking about from a, a club down south if they were to come in in this current climate I think that's the kind of figure that they, they should be commanding and as Rogers has said in the past 
know, gone are the days where we should be at the mercy of England them dictating a low figure to us. You know, if you're Grealish, he's done stuff and there's outlandish figures talked about for these types of players. Then a Scottish international in Stuart Armstrong, and you're right with that, Chubit's qualities, he has the kind of drive and impetus he would bring to a side. Then, yeah, I think five and six is pretty fair. I, th- I think it's because he's in the last year of his contract, Celtic. Yeah, that's that as well. Isn't I, it? I, if he had another couple of years, or had hit, or had had a longer run in the side this season, I think he would be worth triple that. Yeah. But because we don't need need to sell him as well, we can maybe play a bit hard on this for whoever. If he's got that many that are interested in him as we're hearing, then we can maybe play a bit hardball on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could. They could. Spark a bit of a spark a bit of a bidding war. Yeah. I suppose it yeah. could work out in Celtic's favour. Could work out in everybody's favour. Guy who's wants to move on gets to go, and Celtic get to drive the price up because of the interest. I suppose. I, I just hope that. I think it's a matter of when, not if. Now I just think that when he does leave, I hope that Celtic fans remember him fondly and don't hold a grudge against him because he decided to to leave. I I really hope that because I know that some people or some Celtic fans. It's like, oh, if he doesn't want to be here, forget about him. And he, he's he's no use to us and all that. And yeah, that's right to an extent. But let's not forget, he, he has played very well for eighteen months to two years, and he's played out position under Dyla. I just think I hope that he's remembered for for what he did really contribute to the principles. And if we could just uh, touch on somebody coming the other way, it looks like. Uh, we seem to have been going on about this for weeks now, but we, we do now believe that Odson Edward is. Uh, on the brink of joining Celtic uh, in a, a full-time deal. Understanding is that Celtic are going to break their transfer record to bring him in. Um, figures from over £6 million all the way up to nine ten. Is that is it is he worth... Do you think Edward's going to be worth the, breaking the transfer record for, Kirsty? Yeah, I think we said in a previous broadcast, yeah, I agree that um, he is worth pushing the boy out for and um, he's somebody that I'm really excited by uh, and looking forward to seeing how he develops but he is still young and has a lot of developing to do I wouldn't like hold that price tag over his head and I hope that that when it does go through it doesn't weigh him down and then become a bit of a albatross around the neck um, I hope he continues and we allow him to continue as a young player and develop further um, but yeah I'm very excited about the prospect of getting in I mean it's been about what like nearly 20 years since we've kind of worked <laughs> out that amount of money uh-huh. so and if Rogers is doing that and he's now a manager that I completely support in, in his decisions then I really trust that he has seen qualities in him that he thinks in the future he's going to be worth you know double, treble, whatever that is. Mm. Well, Rogers has been adamant about him since day one, hasn't he? Yeah, the, the resale value is, is there. I think that Celtic, I don't think, would be buying a, a person in their t- early 20s. Is he, is he 28? Yeah, tw- what, 21? 21. I don't think Celtic would buy a player without at that age without a resale value. Um, but Celtic have sold. Van Dijk, they sold them for four times what they bought them. Is that right? Manyama bought them for just under a million, went for 12. They're not going to get... 12 times for Edward <laughs> uh-huh. or 4 times um, and uh, they're going to have to command more than 12-13 million for him otherwise the resale's not all that great um, he's he's a strong boy good finisher pacey really has the attributes what you want in a striker and he, he wasn't number one choice last season so if he does begin the season as number one striker just hope he has to hit the ground running the way Dembele did and hopefully he can kick on from there uh-huh. You made a really good point there Kirsty about this fee then 
you don't know how he seems like quite a you know certainly from his 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 composure and his the way he sort of conducts himself on the park he seems like quite a level headed uh, sort of cool calm character um, but just in terms of Celtic breaking their transfer record for a, a guy like this is it important that fans then don't suddenly expect just because this money's been paid 30 goals 20-30 goals a season does he does he still going any time hasn't he because let's I know he, he finished last season very very strongly but there was a couple of times he came in earlier on in the season and he, he just still looked a wee bit maybe raw uh, still finding his feet so is it important that fans don't expect too much too soon from the from yeah, the boy you always have to remember the age of somebody the stage of the development that he's at that he's still um, a relatively like new player for us he needs seasons he needs to to bed in um, and yeah just don't expect too much too soon even though it's commanding that figure remember he's still very much raw one for the future but it's the starlet talent that Rogers has seen something really special in him and um, yeah he's going to need time but if he can you know hit doubles hit, hit hat tricks for us that's that's all you're you're wanting um, but I don't think he's going to be coming in and doing yeah you know your theory goals and stuff like that. It's relative as well. I think you know a couple of seasons ago, this figure that that's been spoken about would have been three million rather than seven or yeah. eight, nine. That the transfer market's progressed, and if Celtic were buying when like people like Piquet etc. a couple of years ago, nobody expected no. thirty, 30 goals from them. You know, no. so I, I think Celtic should treat. Edward in a similar manner. He's he's proved that he's got talent and there's promise there. Just hope that he has the. Hope that he can continue it because he's got the players around him. It's now on his shoulders to, to continue it. Well, he could. It could go the opposite way. He could absolutely thrive on the fact that the club have shelled out a record fee for him. That could be, you know, a huge confidence boost. Um, but just where do we think that this? We've maybe we've. I think we touched on it briefly before, but where do we think this leaves Lee Griffiths? What is he going to be? Is he going to be looking at this and thinking, especially if uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Dembele, but is, is Griffiths looking at this and thinking, I'm again, I'm going to be in a real fight if I want to be the main man here? I think I think Dembele's off. I think that's why Celtic are really chasing yeah. Edward, especially for this fee. Um, so I think Dembele, won't, Griffiths won't have to worry about challenging Dembele for a place. It's going to be between him and Edward, two very different players. Lee Griffiths, but I love him, and and I would have him in team every week. But he's too good to sit on a bench anywhere. He needs to play football, and there's no way he can go through another season. I mean, he, he played, he scored three goals after uh, Christmas, just in the season we've had, and that was in. Nine games after Christmas. That I know he's had his injuries, but you, you can't you can't go through another season like that. Not for, for Scotland's sake as well. Exactly. Uh-huh. See, Dembele's the one that I'm more upset about the prospect of leaving. If you talk about the, <laughs> the, out, the outgoings like Stuart uh-huh. Armstrong, for me now, you know, made made peace with that. I, I can I can see Armstrong going, but Dembele for his development, I feel as though Celtic is a really really good place. For him to go and kind of caution, even though it's an old one, like a, a Nelka leaving too soon, like I feel as though Dembele should stay, but it does look increasingly, you know, that he is going. Um, Griffiths seems to get it, and he seems to get. He was very, very cool-headed about Dembele, and and 
um, be, then subsequently um, fallen to being on the bench. So um, I feel as though Griffiths is content where he is um, and uh, is happy with that with that challenge. Uh, so I can't see Griffiths. He clearly loves being a Celtic player, Griffiths, yeah. but for for his own game, he, surely he will get fed up if he's only playing 15, 20 games a season. He's, he's better than that. And I know that Rodgers will be uh, promising him that he's an important player. And he is, a, yeah. and he is an important player. But if, if if he's not getting a run of games, Griffiths is the sort of player, when he scores one, he gets a run of games, the floodgates open, and they just keep coming. He's not. He, he didn't have that last season, and that's why he didn't score 40 goals like he did a couple of years ago. He's he's an absolute predator, and I think a better, and I know you love Dembele, I think he's a better finisher than Dembele. Dembele's probably a better all-round striker. And better for European matches to be honest but yeah, I love his Griff- physicality over yeah. Griffiths Griff- Griffiths if the ball falls to if the one player you want the ball to fall to in the box it's Griff for me and I, I I don't see how he could happily accept another season of playing he did look frustrated games. at points even last even last season didn't he so it's um, you could you would maybe you could argue that maybe that you know, is he? He would, he would certainly back himself, wouldn't he? He seems the type of guy. He's he he'll look at this. He could, he could look at it and say, I'm 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 definitely backing myself. So that if if Dembele is away, then I'm going to be mm-hmm. I'm going to retake my uh, sort of status as, as the main man here. Do you think that's the way he's looking at it? He's a confident boy, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't I don't know if I agree that he's 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 better than that. But I think Griffiths is kind of at a level with Celtic and found a level there but you're right I mean I felt like he was content really like early doors and early on in the season he was making all the right noises mm-hmm. and then there seemed to be some kind of like grumblings and there was some weird kind of stuff between him and Rogers that was sometimes uh, coming out and going on behind the scenes but I do feel as though he's found a really right level with Celtic and that he's appreciative to be at a Celtic so he is, he's definitely appreciative but he's 27 now that's the thing this, this is him and his Prime or should be his prime, and he did start. He did start last season well. Eleven goals before Christmas. Mm-hmm. He's, he was on a run of form, yeah. and then just tailed off. He just didn't get the run of games. Yeah, because this is like you're saying. This is the period in his career where he mm-hmm. should be playing more games than at any other point. Yeah. You would think, and he's going to know that, isn't he? If Griffiths moved to the English Championship or a team in the Premier League, then he would score a barrel load of goals. I would reckon, just with the, the service that he would get, I, I think he would be a success down there. Uh-huh. Well, we've got all that and more to unfold in the coming months, uh, but that's all from us today. Uh, thanks to Kirsty and Andy for coming on. If you want to continue the debate, you can find us on Twitter at Record Sport and on Facebook as well. We'll be back next week to talk all things Celtic, so don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the podcast as soon as it's available, and you can also rate us on there as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.